Welcome to the Circle Sessions featuring the Circle of Experts. The Circle of Experts are Yasmin Robles from Robles Designs, Tanisha English Amamu of TJE Communications, and Don the Idea Guy. I'm Brett Johnson from Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. Each week, one of our Circle of Experts joins me to talk about critical aspects of growing your podcast. We're going to focus on marketing, social media monetization, and website design and the implementation of all of these. This week, Don is here with the Circle of Expert. He possesses creative powers beyond those of mere mortals. Don the Idea Guy rescues those in need of innovative ideas through his brainstorming sessions at Five Buck Brainstorms. Don, thanks for joining me today. Good to see you, Brett. That's, that's fivebuckbrainstorms.com, sir. There you go. There you go. Specifically, none of that, .com. None of that dot .cc, dot .co, dot .io stuff. This is dot .com. Dot .com, not Solid dot, dot .com. There you go, dot .com. <laughs> we want to talk about some ideas for earning podcast revenue beyond going out and begging for advertising dollars. And there are plenty of ideas, plenty of ideas to generate revenue through your podcast without chasing the ad dollars that, guess what? Radio's chasing, TV's chasing, Billboard is chasing as well, too. So let's do something a little bit different. And I love your number one apparel. Who does? I mean, you're, you're wearing tiki. Tell me that. Tiki I'm a shirt that Orchestra. says Tiki Aki Orchestra. Yeah. So that's a it's, a, it's a tiki music band but it could easily go. be a podcast but easily. uh easily everybody buys concert t-shirts right mm-hmm. i mean even if you don't go to the concert you'll buy the cool t-shirts you show off you show off the bands you love right um i think apparel is an easy thing for people to do with all those on-demand uh websites that offer uh no no cost of setup. People can order them as they go. There's no investment. You don't have to buy a truckload of them to keep them in your garage and, and hope you sell them. No more worrying about how many mediums you buy versus how many 2Xs you buy because the 2Xs always sell out first and everybody's left with smalls. Um, none of that stuff. You know, Use one of these on-demand providers. Now, you could absolutely just put your podcast logo on a shirt. I think that you and your spouse and your mom will be really happy with that t-shirt and you'll sell at least three of them um, with just your logo on it. But unless you've got a really cool logo, which by the way, there's no reason not to have a really cool logo, you know, find a freelancer online, go to Fiverr or some other website and get somebody to design a cool logo for you. But use your podcast to come up with some cool sayings. You know, you've probably got, you know, what's your top five takeaway end thing and somebody's got a cool quote or put a quote that came an unexpected quote that came out of your came out of an interview with somebody and put that on a t-shirt make it a funny saying or a graphic representation of a phrase you use all the time don't just go with your logo now definitely use your logo i'd I'd put my logo small and on the back of the shirt with your web url hopefully a com uh underneath it on the back of the shirt but the front of the shirt should just be attention getting and fun exactly and even go with a qr code that way you get somebody taking a picture of you with the qr code and it goes right to where you want it to be put the qr code on your on your shirt why not absolutely use the qr code maybe it takes you to the clip Maybe yeah. it's just a QR code. So guess the mystery question. I did a promotion with a client once where we did uh, trivia questions. So if you've got, uh, let's say, a, a sports 
podcast and you want to do a sports trivia question on the front and they snap the QR code to get the answer to see if they're right, make your shirt interactive. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and talk about the logo and the interactivity at Souvenir Swag. Same thing. If you're doing a lot of video with your podcast, you want souvenir stuff to show off during the video of your podcast as well as giveaways, whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, you can never go wrong with a good Rick roll too. So if your QR code points to to um, to the Rick roll video, I think that'll be hilarious because I'm never going to give you up. I'm never going <laughs> to let you down. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 you know, a lot of it, when you buy the swag, I think there got, you got to have a little bit of thought process about what you get. I mean, you can go crazy and buy a, a ton of stuff. I think you need to match it with who you think your audience is or know your audience is as well, too. Oh, for souvenir it. swag? Yes. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's kind of related to shirts. I think shirts de deserve a category of its own apparel, you know, shirts mm -hmm. and hats and that kind of thing. Uh, that kind of thing, but promotional products or ad specialties, uh, that's really where the swag comes into play. And that's just about anything. Brad, I know in the, you did a uh, podcast summit not too long ago, and you had little uh, phone stands mm -hmm. that people could put their phone on because the best microphone to use for recording your podcast was your phone because mm -hmm. it was always on you. And it was a really good reminder. And that little phone stand had your logo and your right. web address on it. And people could keep that around. It's a good little desktop piece to rest your phone in when, you, when you're sitting down. That kind of thing, the related pieces. Um, a podcast interview thing, if you send out, um, I know one podcaster that sends out a headset and microphone to the people they are going to interview if they don't have it because they know it makes such a big difference when they're doing uh, interviews. It would be really easy for them to print up a couple of dozen of those with their logo on it mm -hmm. and send those out to them. So the person is left with a souvenir of being on the show. Um, I did, uh, as Don the Idea Guy, I did a bunch of little mini whiteboards because I love writing ideas down on whiteboards. Well, you can get eight and a half by 11. Uh, you can get even smaller ones like five and a half by eight and a half little laminated whiteboards that you can send out with a marker uh to people that you do brainstorms with it's a good leave behind uh, use uh oh we talked about the uh the trivia promotion i did that promotion wasn't done on t-shirts that was actually done on drink coasters so that the uh the brand could leave them behind at a bar you're sitting at the bar having a beer with your buddy and you could challenge them to the trivia contest and scan the QR code on the coaster. So those are all things that make people look at you and your brand in a different way and give them an opportunity to interact with you as you're promoting the thing that you want to promote, which is your podcast. Right, exactly. And the next two items, I'm going to group together books and training and courses because I do have these conversations with new podcast clients and then ones that either are beginning or have started already of looking at the the long run of their podcast are they looking to develop a book from what they're creating or training courses to sell through what they're creating through their podcast I want, and let's go a little bit deeper into that concept of it's tangential to the podcast yeah well i can I could personally vouch for the benefit of writing a book. A, a book was originally described to me as the best business card um, because it is. So when I first went into selling 
marketing concepts is Don the Idea Guy. I wrote a book called 100 What's of Creativity, and it was a book filled with 100 what-if questions to make you think about a project or uh, concept more creatively. And it was the simplest form of a book I could think of. It was it was 100 questions, and they all started with what if. I was halfway done. Um, and I wrote that book decades ago, but it was an easy thing that I could send a PDF copy to somebody. I used to run them off on a uh, on a copy machine and have them spir- spiral bound so I could drop them off on sales calls. It was a great free gift to give away. I ended up using um, yeah, Amazon's on-demand publishing so that people could order a paperback if they wanted and they could get it in a Kindle version. But I make it freely available on a website that's 100 watts book.com. Um, you can read the whole thing online there, but that book has turned into so many more things for me. It's turned into speaking gigs. It's turned into, uh, people reaching out to me to ask me questions. It's actually been used as course material at colleges. It's been used at, um, Ohio state in a creative writing class. It's been, I'm sorry. It's been used at the Ohio state university. <laughs> yes the Ohio State University in a creative writing class. And it was used in an engineering class overseas. A uh, craft, uh, craft foods had it translated into French so they could give it to their product development team in Canada. So it's, it's crazy how far this book has reached. And it's just a list of 100 what if questions. Um, The best advice I can give you about writing a book is don't overcomplicate it. Make it a list of questions. <laughs> it's that's, so easy. It's about as simple as it gets. Yep. Exactly. And, yeah. and the other thing is there are stats now to show that people don't even want to download a book. Kindle's made the books so available to everybody that people have a higher demand now for cheat sheets, uh, shortcut pages, uh, five simple steps. Make it something they can consume in 10 minutes. So I'd say simplify that process and, and make them cheat sheets and, and one-page downloads. Mm-hmm. Um the training and courses go hand in hand with that. So if somebody has the opportunity to interact in short form content with a, a downloadable worksheet from you and they like that, that could be an introduction to then taking a, uh, a training course, either online or in person. There's so many websites where uh, you can upload your training courses for free, uh, like Udemy, and then you get a share back on when people sign up. There are pay, uh, paid ones where you, you can keep a higher percentage of it if you pay to be on the platform. It kind of depends on whether you think you're going to make a profit off of that course or if you're going to use that as an introduction to your podcast. There's a guy I've run across just recently online that does, um, uh, what is the app? Give me one second here. That that does Notion. He talks mm-hmm. a lot about how to use the, the note-taking app Notion. And he's basically put together 20 tutorial videos that are really really good um and they're free because he wants you to sign up for his productivity newsletter so and he wants you to pay for the notion template he designs so those courses he's using they're a loss leader they're that free sample that you get in the grocery store that makes you go buy uh the product so unless you're never going to make a million bucks off your your books unless you're Stephen King. You're just not going to do it. But you could get a million listeners off of giving away a book. Mm -hmm. So look at it for for what it is and see if it'll give you an advantage in promoting your podcast. Yeah, I recently uh, gained a client who 
started his podcast to refine his speaking, to hone in his thought process, to really get it down into a podcast in 20, 30 minutes to really get his gray matter going. And I think your your next suggestion of speaking in workshops, perfect. It, it, it's a it's an audio resume of how well you do on mic with a podcast. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're new to podcasting and you're still at that stage where you're a, a little shy about how you might sound uh, on, a, on a recording, get practice in public. Uh, I remember doing starting out just doing free seminars like for the chamber of commerce uh, i did a twitter seminar that turned into speaking gigs for the next two years um back when people were still uh trying to understand how to use twitter mm. um we've done we've done uh some speaking workshops on podcasts together mm-hmm. and that was introducing a whole group of people to our services um it's a lot of fun. I, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's more fun to speak to a large group of people so you can get an audience reaction mm-hmm. than it is to talk into a microphone. I appreciate our recording sessions are also done on video so I can look at you while I'm talking. Uh, if you are going to record your speaking, uh, if you're going to do a recorded workshop and you want to get more of that live audience feel, uh, a tip I heard from another uh, speaker that I thought was genius was to take a picture from a magazine or from a website, print it out and put it behind your camera of a group of smiling, clapping people uh, and just put it there because it'll keep you smiling while you're looking at the camera. So there's little tricks that you can do uh, to help yourself feel more comfortable, but I think it's just doing it. Practice. Uh, Your your speaking experiment does not have to be a three-hour workshop. It can be a 10-minute uh, thoughts of the day. Well, you know, I did an experiment yeah. one year that was just whatever was running through my mind. I think the podcast was called running, running through, through my, my mind. mind. And right. it was 10 minutes <laughs> in my car in the morning. When I pulled into the parking lot, I recorded a five to 10 minute podcast hit publish. And I was done. Uh, the inside of your car in a parking lot is a great recording studio. Exactly. Well, in the next step, you don't have to necessarily cut out people applauding you. You could do live on-site recording sessions as well, too, to get that feedback. Absolutely. I prefer that. I yeah. matter of fact, I'd rather be in front of a room talking to people than sitting in the room listening to somebody else talk. <laughs> but you have to go with your comfort level, too. I mean, the number one fear for people is public speaking. So if you're not comfortable doing that, then work up to it. I think it'll change the way you're perceived by your potential audience that's out there, but some it's just not for everybody. So I'm I'm not going to rip on you if you don't do it. You, there are plenty of other things you can do. Oh, yeah. I just think that's a good thing, and it could be lucrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's coming back because of post-COVID now that people are hungry for it. We didn't have it for a couple of years, and now the live on-site things, it, it's kind of a thing again. So it, it's, it's economic but it, it and, and where you can be. But, yeah, it's uh, people are wanting to see people podcast again. Um, and, well, and the there's you know trade shows are looking for speakers. Your local, your local chamber, uh, your local Rotary Club. You know you're not going to get rich speaking to those groups, but if you're trying to grow your audience and maybe earn a little revenue on the side, that that could be a great audience for you as you're amping up uh, and improving your ability to speak to a group. Mm-hmm. You've been but, a big advocate of of journals and workbooks. Talk a little bit more about that as well, too. I think 
interactive worksheets. We talked before about mm-hmm. books. Books are great. I, I love them. Um, but if you want something that's easier to create and is proven to be uh, a place where a person can earn revenue, try printables and worksheets and checklists. There's a whole subculture on websites like Etsy.com where people are earning thousands of dollars a month by providing these daily planner templates that they're meant to be PDFs that people download. Um there's a great podcast called Side Hustle Nation, uh, hosted by a, f- a friend of mine, Nick Loper. You go to SideHustleNation.com, search through their podcast episodes for printables, and listen to a couple of the people who are telling their stories about how they've made money. Some of them are day planners. Some of them are printables for teachers. Some are uh, worksheets for doing a podcast. Uh, one of the most famous podcasters, a, the, the guy, John, who does Podcasters Paradise, He's got a, a, a journal that you can do a download of, downloadable version or a print version that's all about planning your podcast. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a podcast on productivity and you talk about a worksheet that you use or a daily time tracker, sell that online. Make that a download that people can give you two or three or five bucks for. Bundle them together and sell a kit of them. Um, I just learned about one tool that works well with a note-taking app. So this person's selling PDFs that are meant to import into this note-taking app, and it acts as like an an underlay Mm -hmm. that they can write their notes on top of. So it's a whole community and revenue-generating pursuit on its own, and definitely worth a look uh, from the listeners to to this session if you generate any sort of step-by-step list, any sort of uh, cheat sheet or tips sheet, create it, release it, and sell it for a price. Gumroad is a great place to do that. Uh, Etsy.com, again, there's a whole community there that buy and sell those. That's a great place to go and explore what's available. Right. And I want to end on your idea of that extended ad-free show content. I, 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 I People talk about that a lot. Um, it, it comes down to kind of figuring out what you want to do with content. It's that give them as much you, as you can for free, but you know the rest of it you're going to pay for. <laughs> or a little bit, you know, <laughs> well, tease them into it. Yeah. So I used to love buying DVDs because if you bought like the director's edition, there was a second track that was the director and the writers and the actors talking about filming the different scenes in the movie rather than just watching the audio that came with the movie. It was this hidden track. Uh, Or there were all the bonus pieces of content that came along with it, the behind the scenes and the extended scenes and just all the cool stuff that didn't come from seeing the movie in the theater. So even if I saw the movie in the theater, I might still buy that DVD because I wanted the extra content. And I think podcasts have an opportunity to do that. There have actually been a few radio shows. ESPN does it. Uh, some of the more popular syndicated morning shows are doing it where you know they've got a three or four hour show and then the next host comes in. But the first show continues on for another 30 or 60 minutes uh, offline. So you can pay a fee to listen to the rest of that show on a different channel, on an HD channel or something like that. I think podcasts have that opportunity. I would love to see I would love to see the longer podcasts turn some segments into bonus content. So I was listening to a great interview on uh, 
there's a podcast called the Rich Roll Podcast. It's funny we just talked about Rick Roll. Mm-hmm. It was a podcast called it's the host is Rich Roll, and he interviewed Seth Godin. I'll listen to any podcast that's got Seth Godin in it, but the interview was like two hours long. I I don't have a long commute to work, uh, you know. So listening to that took me like the course of days to listen to it in my car. I would have loved to have heard a 15 minute version of that and then just paid. Two ninety nine to hear that interview without the ads because if that show was two hours long, thirty minutes of it were it was bad advertising. So I don't know how much he gets from his ads. I, God bless him. I hope he's profitable. It, that's awesome. You're running, you're running ads, but I'm not listening to your ads. I'm skipping past your ads because they're terrible and they're for products I'm never going to use. Um, but man, that interview with Seth Godin was good. Let me pay you to not listen to that ad. Um, streaming services are doing that, and I know they're coming back with the lower-priced ad-supported one, but what if your podcast was like that? What if your primary podcast was a commercial-free version that you charged a premium price for? And then there was a free version that had ads. Do that. Try experimenting with that. I like the bonus content. I think that, yeah. well, you and I had a conversation and a half before we started recording this mm-hmm. show. Some of that, we we talked about AI. That's yeah. some good content. We talked about AI. Yeah. Somebody hey, out I, there did is record, into AI. And I did record that. So if anybody wants to pay $3 for that, you send should. me 3 bucks, and I'll, I'll send it to you. Because it's it was very least. insightful on, on chat t- GPI. So, yeah. It's worth at least three ninety nine. At least. You should pay 3 bucks. At least, yeah. Um, yeah, that that bonus, that extra content yeah. that you're talking about before and after a show, those conversations are fun. Uh, yeah. They're usually unexpurgated. You, they may be explicit. And if you're trying to do a podcast that doesn't have cursing in it because you want uh, more eyeballs to be exposed to the opportunity to listen to it, you could release the the uncensored version as, as another uh, side channel product, and you yeah. can have fun with that. Yeah, one example of that specifically came to mind. We are on the same page on this one. Uh, congressional Dish. And she'll, <laughs> she'll, she'll fly the, the F-bombs in the, the, the free version, but it's got a golf swing covering it. Oh, that's funny. So if you want the un-golf swing version, just to hear her say it, <laughs> but but her podcast is based on value for value. So she, you know, her contributors, her producers, her director levels are on, if you see value in this episode, pay me and that yeah. makes her honest to, to what she does and and she you know she she knows she's not being swayed by any sponsors as well and, yeah. that, and, and her listeners love that but same thing if you want to hear me throw the f-bomb i've got a version of that <laughs> just yeah, I, you know pay i think that's stuff. hilarious yeah it is it is and she makes no bones about it. it it's just it's it's a funny way and i think people just love her honesty about it you know that sort of thing i love it i love it that's a great example yes yep. yeah so if anyone wants to get a hold of you do a little brainstorming, figure out, you know, what they need to do, take maybe one or two of these ideas, or they have some other idea, you know, out there we haven't even talked on, but they want to get with you. What's the best way? Well, uh, you know, we're talking about the ideas that I put together in this brainstorm about how to get podcast revenue without ads or sponsors. They can download this entire brainstorm for free at fivebuckbrainstorms.com. Uh, it's a subscription service site that charges five bucks a month for brainstorms on just about every topic. You can submit topics to me, but if you go and sign up for the list, there's a seven-day free trial. It gives you plenty of opportunity to download plenty of free brainstorms, including this one. That's right. fivebuckbrainstorms.com. Cool. And 
And thank you, listener, for following and subscribing to the Circle Sessions from Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants.